another episode of Manic Mixtape. Today's episode is going to be our second in the Icon series in which we are going to be talking all about the heavy metal icon and rock god, Ozzy Osbourne. So, I mean, there's really no other way to put it other than let's just get right to it. And that rhymes. Look at me. I'm Fred Durst. I'm a poet, write- don't you know it? That's the Fred Durst school of rapping. You rhyme it with it. Yeah, well, I think, I, I, you know what, believe it, I'll give Fred Durst a pass over uh, Kid Rock, who things yeah. and things don't go, go fuck yourself, Kid Rock. Everybody else is hounding on him for other things, which were apparent for the last 21 years, but I'm like, he rhymed things and things. Yeah. I tapped out. Anyway, good. <laughs> um, now, in, in talking about Ozzy, there, there's real, again, there's no really way to begin. Um, or brief cliff notes for those of you who do not know, Ozzy Osbourne was the lead singer of band Black Sabbath, who then branched off on his own with his, I believe, producer at the time, then turned wife, Sharon Osbourne. Uh, he didn't branch off. He was kicked the fuck out. <laughs> branch off, kick out. You know. you- you Motto. you are so you're too fucked up for Black Sabbath. You can't. <laughs> tomato, tomato. No, I, I wasn't. I was just I'm kidding. And Kinda. now, while Ozzy Osbourne has had a number of hits, um, a majority of them coming from former guitarist Randy Rhodes, who unfortunately did pass away before his time. Let's be honest here. Ozzy is most known for accidentally biting the head off of a pigeon. I believe, or no, I'm sorry, a dove at a meeting, which was taken pictures of, and you see the blood drips. Then a live bat was thrown live on stage at one of his events, to which he also bits it off, thinking it was fake. It was not, and he had to get an immediate rabies shot. Here's my version of what you just said, where he's most known for. Um, In 2003 or four, I was driving my next of kin next of kin my my sister kin. the middle child kin my kin um and i have i had one of the albums playing right and i just said man i just met man ozzy this ozzy album was just spectacular I, and it was like it wasn't like blizzard of oz or something it was like the ultimate sin or something like not as well known although it should she turned it. Now, this is 2003 or four, so it's still while the Osborne show is running. Ugh. She says, She's, you know, I'm driving. She looks at me and she goes, Wait, Ozzy Osborne was a singer? And I said, What? Uh. What did, what did, no, what do you think he did to House Big Show? So I, <laughs> that's when I was like, well, I'm old. That is the equivalent of what happened two years ago because he did an excellent, excellent duet track with Post Malone called Yes. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. Twitter. New generation Twitter. <laughs> yeah. New generation. I. It hurts to try to. This Ozzy Osbourne, he's this Ozzy, this Ozzy Osbourne guy's awesome. <laughs> Post Malone is just making stars. I'm like, 
I was reading, there was two, there was two one year, like there was two, two years in a row. There was McCartney did a track with somebody. Yes. Yes. And people were like, man, this old guy is really cool. I'm like, I mean, he's a Beatle. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And like, and like, I'm just sitting here like hoping to God they were just being sarcastic. But you know damn well, some weren't. So yeah, and, some were, some were not. Yes. And, and Ozzy, even, you know, McCartney and stuff, like there are certain people that fall under the umbrella of, even if you don't know their songs, you at least know their names. So the fact that you don't even actually know of Ozzy Osbourne is painful. Here, here's the one that crushed me. Uh, just the sidebar real quick. To be, and technically, it's a connection to Ozzy because Ozzy Osbourne loves this dude. Like, passionately loves Phil Collins. Those guys are buddies. And I was talking to someone I used to manage at work. And we we're talking about music. And I said, Phil, well, who do you even listen to? I was like, well, I look Genesis Phil Collins. Who, who's Phil Collins? So I went to the go-to in the air tonight. Of course. No idea. Oh. And I said, he did the Tarzan soundtrack. Oh, I love that. I was like, oh, God. No. Oh, God, I'm old. I, and I'm like, you know what? We, I shouldn't be talking to you. I'm going to go over there. <laughs> the conversation's over. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But yes. Ozzy Osbourne, yeah, he did. McCartney did a track with Kanye. That's who that was. Yeah, and everybody yes. was like, this this McCartney guy is this old this old white dude is pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, slightly. Yeah, I, I remember. It's not the first time he collaborated with somebody in another uh, genre altogether. But anyway, I digest. Yes. <sighs> yeah, the Os the Osbournes, I loved. I am not gonna lie. And it definitely did bring more fans, per se. I loved that show. I know. I, I, I don't care um, who's upset by that. I, I thought that show was hilarious. Um, and, in, and in no way did I take it seriously. But there's a few things I take seriously, like Ozzy not being able to work technology. That is a legitimate uh, thing. He was playing up a lot of that. But as far as the technology and, and just Jack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all, that's all facts. Because you know, yeah. any, any older person getting into newer technology is like that. I mean, my, I mean, my mom is still like that. She just got a smartphone almost a year ago after having a flip phone for like God knows how long. She still doesn't know how to use it. She's like, can you help me add this contact? Sorry. Meanwhile, I'm over here and my dad is texting me with those Apple iPhone emotes. Mm -hmm. He'll just send a string of emotes in one message. And my mom is downloading themes for her Samsung phone. And I'm like, all right, chill out. I just wanted it for the iPod part, mom. I'm down. Now, in mentioning the newer fans, you also have to uh, bring into fact the uh, the older fans of Ozzy, which I've also come across, and they can be very gatekeeping. I've noticed when it comes to Ozzy, because um, I recall a few years ago, I don't talk to this fucker anymore, so I don't care. Uh, I had posted about what's his fucking name? No, <laughs> I I posted on 
Facebook at the time when it was still brand new about how uh, the album Osmosis is severely underrated, like severely underrated. And, you know, in comes the gatekeepers. Oh, you youngins don't know. That's not his best album. I'm like, I never said it was his best fucking album. I said it was underrated. Here, here, let, let me double down for you. It is his best fucking album. And I've been listening to Ozzy since I can remember listening to anybody else. And I'll say it. My two favorite albums are the two that people don't like the most. Osmosis and fucking Ultimate Sin. Those are those are my favorites. I, I know. Listen, I, know, I, I understand and I consider Bark the Moon, Blizzard of Oz as classics. No More Tears. Classic. Got it. Agree. 10-4. Osmosis was probably the pinnacle of Ozzy of everything he learned going up to that moment. And as far as production value, that's the one I go back to the most. So I'll just double down on there for you. Uh, Ozzy, Ozzy gatekeeping fans, please. Uh, you could send your messages to that brick wall over there um, or the, the brick wall behind uh, Foxy. Miss me with that shit. Osmosis is amazing. Amazing. I'm such an Aussie purist and I'll, I'll get up in a second when you take over. So that you're not looking at a black screen to the viewers and um, I'm rebuilding my remastered Ozzy Osbourne collection because um, there's remasters that came out in the late nineties, early two thousands, like real early that has the gate, the cover, the, the album artwork kind of in the center with like a design behind it. Those are the ones you want. Because along with Sharon comes, I'm trying to say this respectfully. D Sharon doesn't fuck around. Right or wrong, that woman does not mess around. And there was a dispute with band members. And when the albums were remastered in 2002, they had the bass parts and the drum parts completely replaced. And I'm talking about on classics such as Crazy Train, Mr. C like all the albums. Now they have since been replaced and 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 reissued, but the remasters before those that were put out by Sony instead of Epic are the ones I'm recollecting with the color gate folds. And those are the best versions of that. They come with extra tracks. Just wanted to throw that out there. And Osmosis was the hardest goddamn one to find. <laughs> I mean, Os the ultimate sin was the hardest one to find. Osmosis, I have the original release. Yes, uh, no, Osmosis didn't that give him a Grammy? I for a second Grammy. <laughs> Hold on, it was a second Grammy because I, I, I'm right. His first Grammy went towards the uh, No More Tears. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, <laughs> they were just also beautifully epic. Osmosis is just. Osmosis stands. Osmosis starts with Perry Mason. I just want you ghost behind my eyes. Thunder underground. See you on the other side. Tomorrow denial. My little man. My Jekyll doesn't hide in old L.A. tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You you fans don't know what you're talking about as far as Ozzy. That's classic. It's classic. Shut up. But um, I do want to talk about uh, uh, Randy Rose for a second. And and I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think Ozzy, let me rephrase that. Ozzy's never gotten over that. No. Ozzy will never get over that. If For those who don't know, his original guitarist, Randy Rhodes, um, 
he just because the way Ozzy and Black Black Sabbath uh, broke up was not amicable by any stretch of the imagination. It was bad. That was uh, some fighting that you that every oh you never knew that happened. Remember Perry Mason getting a lot of airplay, first Grammy, best metal performance. I don't want to change the world. Yes, that's from No More Tears. Thank you. Yes. Um, so it was not amicable at all. So Ozzy was kind of just lost he lost his band i think dio took over there's another you know we talk about genesis right mm -hmm. about peter gabriel and phil collins ozzy to dio is pretty goddamn awesome right <laughs> i mean i know there's people that don't like dio and don't consider his version of it but it's still ronnie james dio and ozzy osborne they're still great not as great as peter gabriel and phil collins so i <laughs> keep my hold on but um, it's still, as far as names, our iconography of heavy metal. How about that? Okay. Uh, so he's lost and he finds this guy, Randy Rhodes, who, and I know we put a, we had a whole episode about putting a genre on something. Yes. And uh, you shouldn't do that with Randy Rhodes because that dude is a classical guitarist. Yes. Uh, as barely, barely touched upon on the song D from Wizard of Oz, which Fun fact, Ozzy Osbourne was not going to be a solo artist. His band was going to be formed and they were going to tour as a band like Black Sabbath and it was going to be called Blizzard of Oz. Mm -hmm. uh, for those who don't know that, and they just, you know, added the solo name to the top of the album and boom, boom, boom. But it was going to be another band, like a super, I want to say super group, but people from other, because they all came from other bands. They did. But Randy Rhodes... When you think Randy Rhodes, you think of that guitar riff on the beginning of Crazy Train, mm -hmm. uh, the guitar solo um, during at the end of uh, Goodbye to Romance. It's just iconic guitar sound that Zach Wilde has since and all Jakey Lee after him and all the other guys that have come in between to Zach Wilde has either carried on or perfected upon. Mm -hmm. Now, and I'm not saying they're as good as Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes was a once-in-a-lifetime musician. Yeah. Period. And I don't want to get on a Randy Rhodes discussion because we're talking about Ozzy because he is a once-in-a-lifetime songwriter-singer in more ways than one. But Randy Rhodes, I find it astonishing that Ozzy carried on after he died and that he didn't die himself after Randy died. Absolutely. I just want to put it out there. I don't know the man. But I see he there's a video of a couple of years ago of them finding a buried guitar solo that he hadn't heard since recording it on. I forgot. I forgot the song now. And I'll look it up after the episode uh, on the tapes of Randy playing that was buried way back down. And he cries in the studio. He just tears up. He can't the, that Randy thing. You don't get over that. But I, I just wanted to focus on that for a second because that is the Ozzy Randy Rhodes made the new Ozzy Osbourne sound mm -hmm. because it sounds nothing like Black Sabbath and you and I have both talked I, I like Black Sabbath uh, certain Black Sabbath songs mm -hmm. but I don't get Black Sabbath past yeah. that um, I, I am an Ozzy Osbourne guy and you gatekeepers uh, need not apply again brick wall comments over there <laughs> alright now 
in in doing this, obviously, the primary focus is going to be songs. I was thinking albums, but for me, that's personally quite difficult to try to put into any kind of box. Because, I mean, if anyone goes, what's your favorite Ozzy album? I will totally fucking cop out and just say The Ozman Cometh, which is one of his first greatest six albums. Just because I can and it's like, you know what? You can't go wrong with it. So I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's my cheap cop out when it comes to trying to pick an Ozzy album. So I wanted to mainly focus on songs. Okay. Of what our favorites would be. I actually compiled a list prior to this episode purposely for this. Oh, you have a list? Shit, I got to do it live? Hey, I want to say hi to a friend of ours. Justin America is watching live. Hello, Justin. Justin! I haven't seen him in... Long time. (laughs) Well before I had the third kid, and he's five now, so about... Well, there's there's stories of why, but... uh... None I really blame. I don't. I don't blame Justin for. It, but that's for another podcast for another time. Hey, <laughs> shout out to Justin America, only Justin America, who, by the way, was the inspiration of changing all my uh, stuff around and creating new logos and outlook because he is the one that created. I did very little to tweak, but very, very tiny little bit to tweak. But he created the HIC Talk Radio logo that you see today. Nice. That is that is Justin America. Because nice. he he told me he was doing logos. So by the way, hit up Justin America if you need logos. He's like, I want to get the logos designed. I said, you know what? Everybody has a championship belt. I want a ring and I want an actual hell in a cell since we're called hell in a cell, please. <laughs> 10 minutes later, here. I said, thank you. That's all I wanted. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Songs, go for it. Okay. Sorry. In doing this, obviously, we might have different ones, which is why I okay. wanted to do this as well. So we can How dare you. <laughs> that way we can discuss and even possibly like, oh, yeah, that one's great and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm going to start from my last to my first because the first might actually be not controversial, but out of left field. All right. So five would be the ultimate sin. <laughs> I love that song. I, I told you my two favorite albums for Osmosis yeah. and Ultimate Sin, and it's weird because I heard years ago that Ultimate Sin is his least favorite. Like going back, he's like, I did not have a good time making that, and I did not like that album. I'm like, that's a drag because I really, really fucking love that album. Yeah, Ultimate Sin. Uh, uh, that's a percussion album to me. Yeah. That album's real drum heavy, and it's got this real fucking punch you sound into the drums so i'm all over ultimate sin for that reason and that single is great there's two uh, honorable mention to thank god for the bomb okay but ultimate sin i can't disagree nice the funniest part is when it came to that song like i think i i'll admit i clung to it just because of like the, the title at first before even hearing the song because i mean for those that haven't really picked up on the type of person I am, you know, I'm kind oh. of blindness when it comes to the whole, all of that. What are you, you know? talking about? 
and the, the religion and stuff. So you, you give me something that's satanic panic sounding and like has the word sinners and all this. I'm all for it. Can I, can I put a little asterisk here yeah. on this conversation? We're talking about yeah. Ozzy and something. You and I got into ghost. You got into ghost like right after me. So we've been into ghosts for like three years. Yeah. Four years for me, three years for you. And it's weird. It's the social media thing, right? Just stay away from social media. You can enjoy yourself. Yeah. I was like, this band's great. And they seem to have a lot of fans. And then you go to the message board. Metal's like fans are like, fuck this fucking band. Fucking mm-hmm. uh, they sound nothing. It's just so stupid. And I'm like, and then there are their avatars and Ozzy Osbourne logo. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's, the same. Had- it's the same. I explained it to my friend, Matt. Because he legitimately was asked, what's the whole, what's the deal with the band? He's like, I don't like them. They have an appeal. I don't get it. What's the deal? So I eloquently was like, well, do you really want to know? Or are you going to be an asshole? You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, I, I'll talk to you if you really want to know or if you're going to be a dick about it. I don't have time yeah. for you. And, you know, I, I blatantly said, I'm like, it harkens back to the days of, you know, satanic panic. And when the occult literally saved rock and roll and that's not even a joke like there are books about this the occult and the whole you know alistair crowley anton lavey you know satanic imagery and everything speaking of mr crowley exactly (laughs) you know you know and and the 70s psychedelic you know things and lsd all of that became one big oh my god they're satanists and oh my god this there were movies based off of satanic panic and the occult literally saved rock and roll because if you listen to rock and roll you were evil and a lot of bands back then decided to market on that and it worked and the band ghost takes those elements they take it to a whole different level because we're at a different point in time when it comes to music and it's more about imagery and he accepted it. He's like, okay, I don't personally like the band, but I get it. It's like, thank you. Yeah, see? Oh, look, a conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christ, Black Sabbath, hello. If that isn't 70s occult, satanic, satanic panic, like. No, they were banned from everywhere because of the shit they were singing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, moving on. Now, you move on. Moving on. My number four favorite Ozzy song is I Don't Want to Stop. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, good. No, I, I like that song. You know, I'm not going to disagree with any of your songs, right? I know, but I still like I still like to hear the opinion. But so far, our list, I, by the way, I just put, I just wrote my list Okay. as we were talking, and our list so far is not the same at all. So we're going to get 10 <laughs> songs on here. Good. Yeah, Danny said this his playlist is gonna be epic. Dude, I don't want to stop was so in your face. And for me, it came at a time too where it was like Ozzy was almost at a lull. Like yeah. he wasn't he wasn't putting out any albums, you know, and the there albums was he put down out, to, there was down to earth and then a big a big lull. There was the yeah. Osborne's, you know, he was still touring and such because I had seen him in between. And then I don't want to stop came out and it was like, whoa, Ozzy's 
He certainly set the statement to her like, I'm not old yet, you fuckers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like metaphorically, it was like, oh yeah, you're still going. But yeah, it, it just, he's back. Yeah, he, he put out like the hardest single first. Like, here you go. Mm-hmm. God, yes. <laughs> now three, I know you're going to agree with is I just want you. Ugh. You know what? It's one of the, I, I, there's another song off this album that's on my top five. You know it. Uh, and I, this one gets honorable mention. The music video helps with this song. Cause this is one of those music. This is one of those songs where I can listen to 500 other songs. Right. And not think of the music video. There's even Genesis songs where I'm like, I don't picture what they put out. I picture other things, but this is one of those songs that's enhanced by that awesome music video with Ozzy in the statues. The, the It's not marble. What is that? Uh, like porcelain, I guess porcelain. Uh, porcelain statues. And in each shot where he sings, you can't really, you're not, you, there's such quick cuts. You can't really tell who it is until you know, it's, 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 that's a great song. That, Osmos, it's, that album is his best. I don't know why there's a discussion. I know. It's like, we, we, again, preface, we acknowledge the first two are classic. Of course yeah. they're classic, but osmosis in my opinion is like, it's how I call Genesis Invisible Touch. You might not like it, but that is literally a band that took everything they had learned in the past 20 years and condensed it into under an hour and mm-hmm. put out arguably and certainly arguably their best work. Mm-hmm. And I think Osmosis is his Invisible Touch. I love that album. It absolutely is. And I just want you, like that was played so much on MTV. <laughs> and i mean lyrically i just love like the simplicity of the message it was like i don't want much i just want you and it's like yeah it's- there's nothing there's no nuance mm-hmm. there's no it's straightforward yeah. these are the things that are going on the but yeah you it's, babe <laughs> it's simplistic it is the most simplistic love song that like in the simplest words, hits you harder than any more metaphorical bullshit like meatloaf saying, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. Well, what is it? It's like <sighs> this, just a simple, yeah. it, it, it's a beautiful song. Even just instrumentally, it is a beautiful song. And if you are an avid Aussie listener, all you need is a first opening guitar chord, like the opening chord. And you're like, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Now, see the first t- the, my my top three songs are the ones that always go on a playlist or like Spotify or any any music app. I first like discover these are the first three songs I'll add no matter what. The number two is "Shot in the Dark." Love that song so fucking much. That was the first like solo Ozzy song I had heard. Oh really? Wow. Okay. Because there came a well, growing up, you know, it was all you know, hard rock, heavy metal, yeah. but it, you know, there, there, there was a point in time where they're you know, trying to fit in. So, yeah, you know, you don't listen to it as much. So when I, when I got back into the heavy metal, cause I found the heavy metal stations on my radio and I'm listening to it in secret. Cause my mom thought it was evil, you know, um, that song came on. I'm like, Ooh. Oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's that over there? Yeah, the, the music standards in the house were a little weird. 
Like I was yeah, I bet. To, <laughs> I was listening to rock in the eighties and everything, but then when the nineties came and it was all MTV based, she didn't think hard rock heavy metal was evil. It was just you know it was it was bad. Yeah. Grandmother, a grandmother though. She for I'm still kind of um traumatized by this and i'm not even kidding i should not have watched mtv this came after billy idol like pulled the envelope from his leather pants oh sure yeah MTV movie awards it happened right after this yeah. where she's like you know all of that stuff is so bad you know they're like they're their sins and stuff and to hear that word back then like traumatized me because my grandmother had told me once she was a churchgoer at the time if I sin, I would become like the girl in The Exorcist. <laughs> and I'm I not laughing it. at you. I'm no, laughing at the word out she. I'm laughing yeah. at that's what she equated it. I, yes. I, just, I think and that's hilarious. I'd seen that movie that young, like, and it. Well, that's I'm, your fault. Yeah, I know, but I give it a go. So I'm like, oh my god! So I stopped watching MTV. Yeah a couple years and i didn't think i picked it back up until like 94 95 when grunge started and then marilyn manson came and then i became the person i was so i'm like i guess my grandmother had a point yeah i was gonna say i mean you kind of did quick aside about the exorcist i've never been scared by horror movies mm -hmm. in that way right i've never been like oh my god what's gonna happen the devil's gonna side around um for some reason i even as a kid i understood the only movie that really scared me as a kid in that way was Alien. Hmm. My stepfather made me watch that when I was six, and I watched half of it underneath his recliner going like this. Oh, yeah. That asshole. Um, <laughs> that was a joke, folks, kind of. Um, the Exorcist never really bothered me because it was like this religious connotation made it fantasy to me. Mm -hmm. And this is when I was still going to church every Sunday, read the Bible three times, went through communion, all that stuff. So it was like, I still had my hardcore connection to religion, but for some reason that made it fantasy. You know what part of the movie The Exorcist scared me? God. The spinal tap. I don't when remember they, it, don't describe it. Yeah, well, I'm not, but they just yeah. gave, they give Reagan a spinal tap and I, that's part to this day. I'm 37, I'm like, hey. Nope. Yeah. It, it, like I'm traumatized because William freaking has to get all that detail. Mm -hmm, that's true. Prick. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. You're, you're, it's, you're... It's, it's fine. It's just funny. And telling that story is like, wow, maybe I shouldn't have watched TV. Look at how I ended up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you end up, I mean, you know, I don't, don't see turn a problem. MTV, seriously, turn MTV back on. And the first thing I saw was Manson's Sweet Dreams and all went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Grandma. Love it. All right, now my number one. Like I said, this is where it might okay. come out of left field because it's not a full-on Ozzy song, but the song would not be the same if he was not on the track. And I love this song, Two Pieces. I think I know what it is. I will listen to it on repeat, and it's Close My Eyes Forever. Yep. Uh, Ford. Yep, yep that song did he not write that i don't remember if he wrote it if i close my eyes forever all, all i know is i reheard the song in rounds 98 99 because <laughs> mtv 
MTV was doing this whole big 80s hair metal weekend and I was just getting over mono so I was just sitting there binge watching everything and they played that song and it, re it reintroduced me to the song because I'd heard the song but never seen the videos so they were playing the videos I'm like oh I remember this and from that day I've never not had that song on an iPod or on cassette or on a burned CD or on app. That song is the absolute first song I look for on any music platform that I am on. Here, let me add to the mystique of this song. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the song was written by Ford and Osborne as a result of an accident in the studio during which they both drank heavily and inadvertently wrote the lyrics together. <laughs> You got only oh, though only he only they could write a song drunk that good, right? And Lita Forge, she's just she's just on another level of amazing, and it's just so unfortunate that they just made her too sexual in the eighties. But hey, that's I don't, another... I don't see a problem. But okay, well, no, I I don't either. But is it again, what the what's her other single? Uh, there's Kiss Me Deadly. Kiss Me Deadly. Uh, Kiss Me Deadly. Poison. Wicked uh, Wonderland. Okay, so Kiss Me Deadly was not written by Lita Ford. I'm telling this story not to disparage Lita Ford because I love Lita Ford for many reasons other than her music. And it's something you just mentioned. But I love Lita Ford. But that song... <laughs> oh, you're going to hate me. The song was written by a fella named Mick, Mick Smiley. This dude wrote two songs. He wrote Kiss Me Deadly and a song in the movie Ghostbusters. You know, you've seen it how many times with Damien? Uh, quite a few. Okay. You know when the house the firehouse blows up and there's that song playing underneath it, all the chaos and shit's happening? Yeah. That's Mick Smiley. <laughs> dude wrote two songs, wrote that for the soundtrack. And if you listen to the whole song, you're like, this dude's ripping off Phil Collins, which is probably why I like it. I'll send you the link. You're like, oh, my God. And listen to the whole thing, because the story, I'll tell you the story. Remind me to tell you the LimeWire story off air. Okay. But I'm not going to fill the time with it now. But he wrote that and Kiss Me Deadly for Lita Ford. It was like, I retire. I'll see you later. <laughs> the dude's been literally a wedding singer for 40 years in what? L.A. In L.A., so he's making big money. That's what he's been doing. <laughs> wow. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, your number one's good. That's a that's an Aussie song. That counts. Okay. That good. was a mega hit too. For both of them, they both got mad, like attention for that song. I mean, it brought new attention to Lita Ford, and everybody's like, "Oh, Aussie's on it." Oh hell. <laughs> Ozzy makes stars, not Post Malone. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I will say this. I like that when, you know, the song Kanye did with McCartney and the song uh, Post Malone did with Ozzy because there were people that I know that were a bit younger than me that were like, I've heard you mention this guy before. I'm like, oh, yeah, you think so? <laughs> oh. All, right. All right. My five. Five to, uh, five to one. Now you see it. Now you don't. Very nice. I just, it, it's not even, there's nothing deep about that song for me. I just think that's one of his best that not a lot of people talk about. It's one of my favorites to go back to. It's kind of like anti-Ozzy, where even though it sounds like metal, 
you're like, wait, that's an Ozzy song. That's completely opposite to anything else going on on this album. It's crazy. Um, there is a song that most people hear who even are just on the fringe of Ozzy or big Ozzy fans might not know. My number four is Back on Earth. Yes. I love your reaction to that. Thank you so much. Yes. Back on song. Back on Earth was released. I don't even remember the name of the collection anymore because I've had it. It was on Ozman Cometh. Ozman Cometh. Thank you. It was on the Ozman Cometh box set, which the box set was like a mini greatest hits, mm -hmm. a lot of demos, a lot of B sides, and a lot of unreleased stuff. That tr uh, that box set has uh, him and Miss Piggy singing "Born to Be Wild," which you can skip. Yeah. You can skip that one. <laughs> um, and it's also got his cover of "Staying Alive," which you could also skip. I like that one. I, I like it, but most people are like, what the hell? Turn this off. I'm like, how dare you? Yeah. Um, but it's also got a brand new song on it. And, well, at the time, it was a brand new song, and it was Back on Earth. I love that. It's one of my favorites. So that might alternate between four and one sometimes. I just I love that song desperately so much. Mm -hmm. Number three, Straight to Hell. Ooh. As far as I'm concerned, and I did see a lot of, and I stay out of it now, but I did see a lot of hardcore Aussie fans complain that he was um, past his prime and it wasn't that good. But as far as I'm concerned, Straight to Hell sounds like it was written in 82. That's just my opinion. And no, he couldn't stand up in the fucking video because he was half crippled when they filmed it, you idiots. Thank you. But straight to hell, you could have fooled me. That was written in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, it has it has that older feel. Yeah, uh, honorable mention to Ordinary Man with Elton John because first of all, Elton John on a metal track, <laughs> and as I get older, sometimes I go for the softer stuff, and if that. I, I, I feel that song on a visceral level. I'm like, yeah. Number two. Mr. Crowley. Okay. Do you talk to the dead? Okay. I mean, the subject matter, the synth at the beginning. Yeah. That's when I think of Ozzy, that's the sound I think of. Is that straight up 80 synth right into the. Mm-hmm. And it still has that creep, the creepiness of it that just works so well with the creepiness of what Crowley was. That well. is the most Black Sabbath song he wrote outside of Black Sabbath. Yes. And it was probably better than something Sabbath could have. No, it was. I said it. It was. I love, listen, I love Black Sabbath and respect them for what they are, mean to music and how it changed music. Arguably the first metal band was them and then Led Zeppelin. Uh, I give more credit to Black Sabbath because I hate Black Sabbath. Number one. Can you guess number one? Mm, no. Perry Mason. Okay. I love I love I, that. I fucking love that song. I do. I, and I, sticking to the osmosis thing, I, I think it's his best album. And I'll be damned if you find a song better than Perry Mason. Which 
was like the newer Mr. Crowley, if yeah. you really like the, it was Mr. It's like the sequel, yeah. yeah. Um, the music video I only discovered four years ago. <laughs> I had it was like one of my favorite songs. I always drove around when I'd have somebody listen to it that were like, Oh, did you ever hear this song from Ozzy? Oh, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, nobody talks about it. I'm like, yeah, it's got a promo video, idiot. <laughs> oh, all right. My bad. Those are my top five. Uh, Perry Mason is. You know how I said. Because number two is basically uh, a Black Sabbath song. Reconnoitered in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how I said, like, why why I pick me and Sarah Jane as the perennial Genesis song? Mm-hmm. Because it encompass, encompasses everything the band was. Yeah. Old and new. It's not short. It's not super long, but it's long, longer, and it's got everything in there. Perry Mason has got every Ozzy trait in that song. It's got, you know, a Zach Wilde, Randy Rhodes-like guitar. It's got synth. It's got heavy drums. It's got Ozzy in 15 different octaves uh, and a nonsensical music video. (laughs) Just sign me up. Yeah, it's quintessential Ozzy. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad to find somebody else that has like the same feelings about osmosis as I do. Like honestly, I'm not even making that up. I I I have loved that album for so long. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just I that's the that is the one I go back to the most. I sometimes I like popping in just Mr. Tinker Train for the intro. That 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 amuses me, especially when the windows are open because I can hear people around me going the fuck is uh but osmosis yeah thank god <laughs> we have so much more in common than i think we've ever realized until we started doing this show ozzy ozzy is one of three people outside of phil collins's either band life or personal life that was on his documentary that's how close phil and ozzy are uh, in fact, when they had the Queen's Golden Jubilee, whatever the hell that concert was outside uh, in front of the palace, and they had Queen there and they had all these bands there. That was Ozzy's drummer for that show. <laughs> uh, my head was exploding in 2002. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening? But there's a great quote for um, by Ozzy in that documentary where he's talking about how every week another Phil Collins song would come out and it would piss the rest of us off because they'd be in the in the studio going, will you give us a break? Give us a chance, Phil. I have songs coming out, damn it. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever seen Ozzy live? I have not. Uh, I saw Black Sabbath. I saw Black Sabbath at that um, at uh, I saw I saw him at that Ozfest mm. when I should have left. <laughs> Ozzy was I, not having a good day that day. because I, I, I saw I saw Ozzy with Sabbath first at an Ozfest. My first Ozfest. My actually my first concert was an Ozfest. Believe it or not. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, Ozzy, then... Ozzy, and David Bowie <laughs> will be my two biggest regrets because <laughs> I had a chance to go see Bowie on the reality tour in Philly. Mm. And 
it was one of those things where I could have just told work to go F themselves and called out. And I didn't because mm. I was a good employee. And now he's fucking dead. Go figure. And Ozzy. Well, those OzFests came around. It just didn't line up to where I was going to go. So I didn't even see him at OzFest. And mm. I'm I'm fairly certain he's done. More than likely. Cause I don't I, think. I saw him, like I saw him first as Sabbath. I saw him again twice. Once, well, both as just a solo performer because I went to the quote-unquote free OzFest. Oh, don't even. No, I say quote-unquote because I actually paid for my tickets. So (laughs) I wanted to take my brother to his first concert. So I was like, well, then you're going to go to OzFest. So we went to that one. And we're fortunate enough to see Ozzy. And then... Still waiting for my tickets for that show. That's why I bought them because I got dicked out of them. Yes, so did I. And I was, I was like, I'm not giving the money again. It's too hot. Bullshit. Didn't. Uh. That's why I paid for them. (laughs) And then again, I saw him again later on during his Christmas tour with Rob Zombie. Nice. Way more fun. Oh, that's a great show. And in this moment, open for them no less. It was like yes. Oh Jesus. I'd seen in this moment at that OzFest because they just started coming out. And then later on in December, they ended up opening for Rob Zombie and Ozzy at the Merry Mayhem tour. And you couldn't have planned that any better. Right? Nope. <laughs> well, being that we got some moments to spare, we did mention to each other talking about I don't want to say misheard lyrics because that's not the appropriate way of saying it. I, I can't put a name on this. I don't yeah. know how to name this. Oh, b- basically, um, songs that you listen to that, you know, you would sing along to blindly and enjoy. And then one day it hits you where what the song is really about. It's almost a TikTok trend right now. Because I've seen a couple TikTok videos where there's like this woman and she'll be singing along to Janet Jackson's All For You. And she's like, yeah, I would sing this along constantly as a kid, not realizing what this whole lyric meant. And as she's lip syncing along, like it hits her that Janet is saying, look at that body. I guess I got to ride it tonight. And then she's like, oh, she meant jump on that dick. Oh, is that what she meant? (laughs) (laughs) So... We're trying to figure out how to like word it. Again, it's not misheard lyrics. So if anybody in the comments or listening to us right now has a way to describe what we're talking about. Danny said lyric flubs, but I think that's the same lines of lyric, misheard lyrics. I don't think that's a, I don't think flub fits it. Yeah, because it's like we're hearing them. It is just not registering at all. We're going to have to look at the the thorth. And try to come up with a uh, misunderstood lyrics. Yes. Oh, misunderstood. Yeah. All right. For let's go with let's just go with what we're talking about. Sure. That way you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. You start. My, my biggest example is a little song by Prince <laughs> called oh, "Little Red Corvettes." Yeah. <laughs> I would sing along to this song a lot and this didn't dawn on me it's about maybe about five years ago actually where i'm singing along i'm listening in the privacy of my own home and i even wrote these lyrics down for (laughs) y'all the lyrics come up 
where he sings because you had a pocket full of horses trojans and some of them used and i guess i should have closed my eyes when you drove to the place where your horses run free and i felt a little ill when i saw all the pictures of the jockeys there before me you know when you say the lyrics versus that when they're sung it's like man wow yeah as a kid i thought for the longest time in my life that he's talking about like the horsepower of the fucking corvette that's what he's talking about sure then again about maybe five or six years ago that's when i'm listening listening and it hit me where it's like she's a whore (laughs) (laughs) bitch has trojan she's she's a human she has Trojan condoms just in her pocket. Some of them still used, which is really fucking nasty. And she got pictures of all the guys she wrote. Got it. Got it. And you're indifferent about wanting to do this girl because she's a whore. Got it. I just decided it's going to be two separate playlists, by the way. <laughs> and, and, and this is what we mean by didn't know what the yeah didn't know what the lyrics meant yeah <laughs> i want to go with my most recent one okay okay well, well i have less than you i think so we'll bounce off each other i, have, I only have three okay i have more than you then all right okay this is my most recent one now how philly how philly <laughs> how silly i felt because literally they are my bible and it's a genesis lyric I'm going to read these. Take this ride with me. The song is called Snowbound. I thought it was about making a snowman. Yes, but you read these, right? I, I just the title alone. And okay, I'm like- hold on. Lay your body down upon the midnight snow. Feel the cold of winter in your hair. Here in a world on your own, in a casing that's grown to a children's delight that arrived overnight. And here they come to play their magic games, carving names upon your frozen hand here in a world of your own, like a sleepers whose eye sees the pain with surprise as it smothers your cries. They'll never ever know. Hey, there's a snowman. Hey, hey, what a snowman. Pray for the snowman. So I think this song is about kids just playing with a snowman in, in, a, in a snowy field somewhere. When you read the lyrics, you're like, this guy froze to death in the, is freezing to death in the snow and they're ripping him apart. They have no idea he's dead. We're dying. Smiling faces tear your body to the ground covered red that only we can see that's a lyric that i miss for 37 years (laughs) so in the middle of this album there's a song about a guy who seemingly got lost in the snow started freezing to death a la the end of the shining and these kids are like snowman I have, and that song ultimately became one of my favorite Genesis songs where it was always good where I was like it's middle tier that quickly rose to top tier because I'm like yes death 
Wow. Yeah. Now when I thought it was about cocaine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even better. You know, they never really, never really. They kind of skim drug references. They were nerds that wrote about, uh, well, their dicks getting chopped off to cure themselves of an ailment of being an alien creature, or you know, uh, goblins or aliens coming down to the side. You know, you've kind of screwed the world up. You're done. That kind of, but here there—that's just Tony Banks, the the keyboardist who. Little preface: Phil came from a middle class London family. Tony, Pete, and Mike, and I think a little bit of Steve, came from very upper class British society. So they weren't good. If the the band thing didn't work out, they were going to be a lawyer or a doctor, or they were like. Uh, Tony Banks has got a, a degree in chemistry or, or chemicals or something like the guy, the guy's top flight genius. They all are rich and smart. And here he is right. This guy was getting ripped apart. The snow. I was sitting here just listening to the 5.1 and it occurred to me the line about upon uh, as it smothers your cries. For the first time in 37 years, I was like, wait, oh, my God, they're killing this guy. <laughs> That's Snowbound, ladies and gentlemen, Genesis, 1977, 8, 78, 78. Wow. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, that'll be on that playlist. I love that. Go ahead. All right. Now, I'm not sure if you're going to agree with me on this one. I'm going to minimize well, one for now since you don't have that many. This one, this is one that I realized of, like, after listening to the song a few times over and over and over and over when it first came out, me and my girlfriend sat there listening to the song on repeat and we're like, oh, it's such a beautiful song. Then we're sitting there actually reading the lyrics in the lyric book because that's what you did back then when you got CDs. You took out the lyric book and you read along with the lyrics so that you knew them by heart. By yeah, exactly. Okay. And it was as we're reading the lyrics, we're like, I, I think he's trying to convince this girl to have sex with him for the first time. And I'm not sure if it's been confirmed, but I'm pretty damn sure that is the context of the song. When you hear lyrics such as, you know, you can never leave without leaving a piece of youth. And our lives are forever changed. We'll never be the same. The more you change, the less you feel. Think about it, Dan. Billy Corrigan in Tonight Tonight. Wait a minute. Is trying to tell this. Is he trying to get some stinky on his hang down? He, he's trying to convince this little chickadee that we, we can do it. it. It's fine. We're going to feel different. Like. <clears throat> It, it, and, and things are going to change, but the impossible is possible tonight. Tonight. I, I think Alex, I will agree with you that it, there's a double meaning to that. I will put that alongside of me and Sarah Jane, where it's like, it could be this, but it also could probably be this. I, I'll give you that one. I wonder if they'll have a meaning if I put the meaning of it. Uh, it well, while you're doing that, let me do an obvious one okay. just for a laugh, because this I noticed, you know, like at 10 years old, 
10, 11 years old where I was like, oh, and it's a popular one. I'm only saying this one um, now instead of the, the, the last one I was going to mention. Because you're mentioning tonight, tonight, probably connotation with sex. Uh, the song Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel uh, is about his dick. <laughs> well, I didn't know that until I was 12. And I was like, oh, show me around your fruit cage. Oh, God. And then it's even funnier when you realize that's his second attempt to write the song because he wrote a song called uh, Modern Love in 77 where... <laughs> The opening, <laughs> the opening lyric is, "I'm feeling so dirty. You're looking so clean, and all you can give is a spin as you're in your washing machine." I fly off to Rome to my prima bella. She leaves me in the wake with telescopic umbrella. Ah, the pain. Modern love can be a strain. <laughs> this one is just like, my next a bumper car. Open up. <laughs> You know, I'm just saying, you you could have a big dipper going up and down and all around the bends. Okay, Pete, we get it. You have a schlong, a big schlong. All right, I could I could tell we're in those leotards for years, sir. Dude, it's so true because I would sing along to Sledgehammer in the '80s so much, and it wasn't until much later in life where I'm singing along. I'm like, wait, wait, a minute. I was allowed to sing that as a kid. What the hell? Yeah, you're like, what the fuck? So basically, Genesis has closet murderous tendencies. I don't think they're closeted. I think Tony Banks killed a dude once. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tony murdered a dude. Quickster, Tony is Tony never smiles. Tony's a guy that smiles on occasions. He's very serious. He's he's very funny, but Tony has the facade of very serious. And I'm pretty sure he's a mafia hood. <laughs> I don't really mean that, but it would make sense. I I have feeling that my last my next three are going to be kind of letdowns. Well, we'll see. All right, good. All right. This, again, this harkens to another song I sang a lot too when I was a kid. And the lyrics did not ever dawn on me until I started singing along to its um, its cover by a band, a ska band called Save Ferris. So, you know, you're singing along to the lyrics that you're grown, so grown up, now grown, too grown up. Now I must say more than ever come on Eileen at Ugh. this moment you mean everything with you in that dress my yeah. I confess verge on dirty come on Eileen mm. I would I'm sorry what yet another song I had no idea was this young probably not young this older gentleman convincing a young girl to not only have sex with him but also convincing her that you won't get knocked up like everybody else around you in the town because the lyrics really coincide with the music video where she's walking around town with her friends and everybody has babies and then there's this older man that's like come on let's fuck i won't get you pregnant but you probably will 
Sounds like every friend of mine I ever knew. If that doesn't sum up a group of people. Yeah. I That's mean. That. An innocent little me just singing to ra loo ra and I'm like. Come on, Eileen. If that's not, like, right? Like, holy hell. <laughs> this one might, this one I'm, I'm going to say what, I'm not going to say what I think, I'm not going to say what the meaning is, because it's been confirmed I know what the meaning is. But I'm not going to say it, I just want everybody to sit with this. It's a song by XTC, and it's 1,000 Umbrellas. And it's about you know, being dumped by your girl. It's the song is not deep, like in that way, but the lyric kind of is. I'm going to read this version of it because it happens in the uh, first chorus and in the end chorus. How can you smile and forecast that weather's getting better and you'll soon forget her if you let the sunshine come through? How can you smile and forecast weather's getting better if you've never let a girl rain all over you? Just when I thought that my vista was golden in hue, 1,000 umbrellas opened to spoil the view. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> that has been confirmed. It's been confirmed. I don't know what to tell you. By the guy who wrote it. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Now, do we think this is R. Kelly's favorite song? God, I hope not. Oh, God. Oh. No, I, I hope not. I I don't know <laughs> what to properly say. But it's kind of genius that you wrote a song about a girl pissing on you. Well, yeah. It's kind of genius. The way he confirms it is so Andy, 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 Colin, and um, David Gregory, it's down to three at this point. And it's very, if you heard this now, when you listen to the song as we on the playlist, you're going to go, it's very, it's musical. It's a musical song. It belongs in a musical. And it's so it's, how can you smile and forecast weather getting better? So it's like that. It's very much a musical pentameter. So yeah. it's got it's a it's a very orchestral. So it's all orchestral. And David Gregory, who was the um, uh, rhythm guitarist of the band, would arrange the strings. And as he's arranging the strings, he goes to Andy, the songwriter and the main songwriter, XTC, and he goes, "I know what that means. I know what that means." And Andy's reply was, "It's very clever that you've. Uh, I'm glad you know what that means." Oh boy! <laughs> like wow. Right. wow! Yeah, wow. I, have, I have two, two and a half more. Okay. Uh, do you have one more, or you get yours? No, I didn't. I'm actually trying to see on my Spotify. All right, cool. I just, I was gonna save that for the end, but I was like, let's get the piss it over. <laughs> yeah, it's such. I told. Uh, Again, that out, it's off Skylarking. I posted a status today and I've left it up to people's decision because everybody's going to think, you mean Genesis, where I said, the second coming of the Beatles already happened. Yeah, I saw that. 
It's XDC, in my opinion. In my opinion. There is a band who comes around and changes the world and changes everything. And oh, the way he's presented is the way I'm presenting it is kind of how he said it is every once in a while, there's a band that comes around and chasing it and changes everything musically. And I like to think that we're that other band. And I can't argue that fact because you may not heard of him, but most of those musicians that have come up since will mention XTC. They do. It's all over interviews now. It's the same. Genesis is the other one. I, I'm seeing Genesis like uh, Mastodon. The drummer from Mastodon is just constantly talking about Mike Portnoy. Okay. Just talks about Genesis and the Beatles and Ghost. He's a Ghost fan and XTC. So it just so it's like XTC is one of those bands that gets mentioned by musicians. But I've never heard of XTC. You have. I swear you have. But I'm saying that album Skylarking is one of the best albums that you've never heard. And I mean, generally speaking, and I, I will not push. I'm not a Pink Floyd fan where I'm like, this is the greatest thing you ever heard. If you ever heard it, you're an idiot. You must hear it right now. I'm merely suggesting to give it a listen once and see if you don't go, man, I really like this band. Even if it's not up your alley, uh, my honorable mention, which is the half song. There's a song by Genesis called ripples. It's about getting old. Okay. But this is a line rather than a whole lyric I didn't understand because it's pretty straightforward where, um, you know, the verse talk about how you used to look when you were young and um, um, the, uh, the face in the water looks up. She turns her head as if to say this is the last time you'll look like today. Sail away, away. Ripples never come back. It's just about getting older and the net, the second lyric begins with it's one of my favorite lyrics that I never understood till later. I was like, Oh, I know who they're referencing. And the lyric is the face that launched a thousand ships is sinking fast. That happens, you know. I always like that line, Helen of Troy. Oh. I've always, I, that's, uh, I, I was a teenager. I was like, I know what that means. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Okay, so left. I have two left. One is kind of deep and one is kind of simple that I didn't really pick up on until very, uh, not like within the last 10 years, but later on where I'm like, oh, it's a Beatles song. It's called You Won't See Me. And I never stupidly understood this lyric until now. And it's about breaking up with your girlfriend. It's not that hard, but it's the line I never understood. I feel so stupid admitting this, but when I, it just, it never occurred to me. I never listened to it and went, oh, she's not picking up the phone on purpose. She's leaving it off the handle so he can't get through. It's one of those old phone, you know, landline where you just leave it on hold and the line would be busy. You can never call the person. When I call you up, your lines engage. I've had enough. So act your age. I never picked up on that till recently. I was like, you know, like 10 years ago, I was like, Oh, this woman was like, fuck you. <laughs> Just left the phone there. <laughs> so in 2002, I bet you that hurt. In 2002, I said this on the last episode and I'll say it again. Uh, as much as, you know, we referenced Peter Gabriel sledgehammer earlier and that's considered to be off his best album he's ever done which is so 
considered a classic album. Well, I have to think you're all wrong. And his best album was the last album. He, he literally put this out and was and hasn't put out a new song. He hasn't put out a new album since. He did this in 2002. He's like, I'm out. I'm just going to tour. See ya. Okay. <laughs> and it's the opening song. And I never understood it until about a two years in. It occurred to me. I was listening to it again. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. And I thought it was just about a monster or something. I'm stupid. Um, walking. Okay. I don't know if I could read the chorus without. It's about facing your fears. Mm-hmm. Didn't occur to me. The song's just called darkness. Uh, and um, I'm afraid of this is the lyric. I'll go the uh, lyric into the chorus. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid of being mothered with my balls shut in the pen. I'm afraid of loving women. I'm scared of loving men. Flashbacks coming in every night. Don't tell me everything's all right. When I allow it to be, it has no control over me. I own my fear, so it doesn't own me. Now he says it plain as day, but I didn't pick up on this. Walking through the undergrowth to the house in the woods. The deeper I go, the darker it gets. I peer through the window and knock at the door. And the monster I was so afraid of lies curled up on the floor. It's curled up on the floor, just like a baby boy. I cry until I laugh. And boy, does that song get you through some shit. Damn. Yeah. Pete, Pete's got problems. A little bit. But I just, I just remember having a bad day. And I'm like, this, song, this album's kind of angry and happy, but it's, it starts out, ang- out angry and gets happy. I'm putting up on and it gets to that lyric and I'm like, Oh, I'm having a good day. <laughs> this is pretty good. <laughs> like, oh, okay. That made everything. Okay. Again. We should do a more extensive version of this on another date, but that's going to be a fun little, it's going to be a nice, there's going to be two uh, short um, playlists. going to be two fun playlists coming up. I like those. That's fine. This was a lot of fun. I was I was dreading recording today because I was having one of those days, but Aww, no. Well, I was going to force you to record today because oh. I needed, need, yeah. Great, you all heard her. She's grooming me. It's in public. Damn right. I mean, there's a, there are a lot more songs that we could definitely add to the whole. I didn't understand it until you were older, type of thing. But Eesh. like, I mean, I. I I have to go literally through my Spotify to see which ones they would be. Because yeah, I, I would sit through I would sit through my iTunes and go. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. for the for the most part, like I mean, the music I listen to is rather straightforward, or even metaphorically straightforward. Yeah, Genesis has never been like. I wonder what they mean. You know, yeah. on, they've done it tongue in cheek on purpose mm-hmm. to be a pain in the ass. Like, if I tell you to look up the lyrics of the song Dodo Lurker, it don't mean shit. The song doesn't mean anything. But too big, too fly, Dodo ugly, so Dodo must die. Dog goes with fear on, on its side. Can't change, can't change the tide. Doesn't mean anything. They're just they're just doing I am the walrus. That's all they're doing is writing I am the walrus. Um, we should do misheard lyrics. Yeah. And just to tease it, one of my favorites, which kind of connects to Nerd Herders. Okay. 
the song is it's a Genesis song. I know. Be surprised, people. The song's called Robbery, Assault, and Battery. And <laughs> he's leaving via roof. The bastards got away. God always fights on the side of the bad man. Now, what I thought it was, God always fights on the side of the Batman. Because <laughs> you could conceivably mean that Batman's coming in to stop this guy because the police can't get him. Okay, it made sense to me as a child. Damn it. I'll even tease one for the misheard lyrics for the people that are watching. I am a secret. It's not secret after I say it. Yeah, that's gone. I was a secret Fallout Boy fan. Okay? I, I bop along to all their shit. It's my Thanksgiving tradition to cut up the potatoes for mashed potatoes while listening to Fallout Boy. I don't know why. It just is. But of course, the most common misheard lyric comes from Sugar, We're Going Down Swinging. Okay? Where everyone's going, oh, we're going down, down, like, no one really knows. Down, down in an earlier round. Why is that so fucking hard to understand? Thank you. He's a boxing reference, you idiots. I've always sat there singing the songs, but so many people do not know that lyric that they think he's literally just doing gibberish. And maybe some people listening have thought the same. Hold on a second. They have one of my favorite songs ever. They've put out one of my favorite songs ever. And me, it's 50-50. The song's really good, but the other 50% of it has got the greatest song title ever, and it's Our Lawyers Told Us to Change the Name of the Song. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, put this record down. Take my advice. That's a great fucking song. Uh, They're great. What's that album? What's the... My my friend who it would never occur to me that she would listen to Fall Out Boy, but she said this is one of the greatest albums ever. It's their second one or third one? Turn on. Turn on. I don't know. The Fallout Boy did a version of the Ghostbusters song with the um um Missy Elliott. So uh, complaints. No shit. Yeah, it's in the uh, reboot that nobody likes. Missy Elliott can do no wrong. Is it Missy Elliott? Hold on. Oh boy. We're just gonna say yes, so I don't look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Folle uh, Adieu is the name of the album from 2008 and uh, it's a great album so I don't know why people hate Fall Out Boy I don't know what to it falls into the Nickelback thing I think people oh, just kiss my ass. fall into the hatred of Nickelback just because it's a cool thing to do I don't understand let me tell you something I don't, it is with Miss Elliot. Thank God I'm not racist. Um, <laughs> shoot, because I'm like, no, it's, I can picture Missy Elliott standing there singing her part. I can totally picture Missy Elliott standing there. Please tell me it's Missy Elliott. Oh, thank God. Um, I, that, that Nickelback thing, I, I, they write hits. They, they, the Chad Kroger pumps out hits. I don't like Mickey Bat, uh, um, uh, Nickelback. Okay. But I'm not going to sit here and sit here and think I haven't gone. Look at this phone. Like, come on. Get out of here. Actually, I have something to ask. Oh, boy. I've, I've, been, I've been holding this because I watched this uh, video about this like two weeks ago. And I was like, this would be good to ask. Because you know how we talk about how genres really don't mean shit. Okay. 
So Damon and I were going down this weird rabbit hole and I watched a watch mojo video about <laughs> the top 10 music genres that died. Okay. Some of which I was like, okay, yeah, those are gone and literally dead. Nobody makes songs in that kind of genre anymore. And while these genres have quote unquote died, can we really say a genre is dead if there are at least particular bands still performing popularly in that genre? Like for example, one of the ones, I think it was like number two or three, which really pissed me off was a uh, new metal, which had its obvious big wave in 99, all the way up to about 2001. And while the sounds is not as prevalent as it once was, you still have the Deftones with the new metal sound pumping out great albums till this very day. So can you really declare the genre as dead? No, no, it's, it's prog rock is dead, but people still put out prog rock albums all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mostly progressive metal. <laughs> like, <laughs> metal's dead. Rock and roll is dead. It's all dead. No, yeah, no, you can't kill a genre unless a band, unless literally if nobody's performing that kind of music anymore then the genre is dead and that has not happened that many times like 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 number one was 80s hair metal which oh wait no i'm sorry i was wrong that was a number two which i kind of agreed with okay fine like there's there's 80s hair metal tribute but but metal hair metal was just an offshoot of it was just metal with pretty hair yeah exactly so metal's still alive so no it's not really dead no and like Number 10 was Ska, which I disagreed with because you still have Sublime, you know, touring with that guy. I forgot his name. <laughs> Brian Setzer? No, not Brian Setzer. It's Sublime know. with someone. The newer incarnation of Sublime that I think is actually sublimely better than the original. Sublime. Hey! <laughs> but yeah, I- it. it Again, this because there were certain genres, like there was this one that's called like Japanese noise, which is like literally noise and not really music, but you know, that was dead. Or how uh dubstep died and now evolved into something else that's not dubstep. So okay, fine. I get it. Dubstep's dead. Fine. Grunge. Oh, Rome. But Sublime yes, with Rome. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, but there were certain other genres that I sat here and was like, that's incorrect. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw a controversial comment into here. Okay. Country's dead. It is. It is. It, it's, it's pop. Yeah. Thank you, Shania. Love it's you. all pop. Mm-hmm. Pop music is dead. Pop and country as separate genre is dead. It's all pop, man. It is. And I'm not it's saying pop. that is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm just saying Johnny Cash, country. Um, uh, um, um, oh my god, working nine to five. Oh my god, oh my god, Dolly Parton. Thank you. Why was I blanking on her name? Boobs, Dan. Boobs, Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers. That genre is gone. Mm-hmm. It's pop, yeah. No, it absolutely is. It's Taylor Swift pop, yeah, because Shania Twain started. The, the breaking off into it, you know, which I mean, even her album, uh, I think it was The Woman in Me. Yes, 
Yeah. I wish. There are two different versions of it. One is the songs countrified. The other is the songs pop, which is what all the music videos ended up becoming. And in her doing that, again, Leanne Rimes was also starting with country, but then evolved into pop with her hit. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift literally started this country, but that's been long. Can I can I go back to Steel Panther for a second? Yes, please. It's not a parody. It's hair metal. That is hair metal. Period. Mm-hmm. It's about it's a metal band. It's a metal band in costumes. That's they're ghosts. They're ghosts. Ghosts is cosplay. Yeah, they're cosplaying. It's theater. It, Steel Panther is as legitimately as a metal band. As any other metal band out there, you might not like them because they like to have fun with it because metal doesn't have to be all serious all the time. But Seal Panther is a metal band, period. It's like it's like people labeling Frank Zappa as a joke. Zappa was putting out jazz fusion records and jazz records and rock records because you didn't like it because he didn't write about serious shit all the time, although he always wrote about serious shit. Mm hmm. But all you knew is Valley Girl is not his problem, <laughs> which is uh, which is ironically my least favorite Frank Zappa song. I fucking hate Valley Girl with a passion. I respect it because that documentary just came out by Alex Winter, who plays uh, is he Bill or Ted? Uh, he, well, he's he's one of the Bill or Ted's. He's Bill. He's William S. Preston. Thank S. you. I couldn't remember if. I, and then Ted Theodore Logan was. Thank you. Out. Ted Theodore Logan. Yeah, got it. Um, he just put out a Zappa documentary, which I put it put more stock into Valley Girl for me because Valley Girl literally came from Moon Zappa because oh. she just wanted to spend time with her dad. Aww. It was really funny because he was always on the road, but like he came home once and she wrote a letter to him and slipped it under the bedroom door and goes, Hi, don't know if you know me. I'm your daughter, Boone. I live in the house. <laughs> but it came out of a jam where, you know, he's in the band. He's in the, their home studio jam and downstairs. And he goes, come here. And Moon, come here. Do your Valley Girl thing in there. And so they put it out like, oh, my, you've heard Valley Girl at least once. All right. Um, and as he's on tour, she takes it to the record company. They put it out and it literally became his best selling single ever. While he was on Germany in Germany touring, he had no idea. He came home to Valley Girl and he immediately rejected it because he's pretentious. Uh, but I love Frank, but goddamn, dude, it was a hit. Calm down. Frank also has the best moment, the second bet. There's three best moments in the um, the uh, PMRC, Parents Against Whatever, the douchebags that tried to censor music. Um, don't correct me in the chat. Uh, there's three great moments, I, and anytime I get a chance, I'll mention it. It's Frank Zappa dressing uh, Al Gore, uh, Tipper Gore. I couldn't remember her name. I didn't want to be like Al Gore's wife. I didn't mean it. Tipper Gore, although fuck them both. Fuck Al Gore and Tipper Gore. I don't care. Um, where he just dresses her and the other douchebag sit next to him, uh, her down. Well, who's going to pay for it? Basically, like he tries to intelligently argue it, and then they're like, well, maybe we go. He goes, well, who's going to pay for it? I'm not paying for it. Are you going to pay for it? Ah, money. And of course, D. Snyder, and I say it's the second best moment because it's D. Snyder because the best moment for me 
is John Denver, straight laced John Denver coming in, and they're all thinking he's going to be on our side. And John Denver's like, "Hey, remember the time you banned Rocky Mountain High because you thought it was about drugs? Because you're stupid." Yep. Talk about misunderstanding the lyrics. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> he literally. That's he literally, literally covered Mother Nature's Son by the Beatles. Which we talked about as a better version than the original. Mm-hmm. And then wrote Rocky Mountain High. It's in the title that he's high off the land. You're like, better. We should talk about top 10 band songs. Our favorite band song, because I got a number two or one. Yes. We should. We should end this. We should. All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Manic Mixtape, which was indeed manic as we were all over the goddamn place. But, you know, the topics don't matter, just like music genres don't matter. If you want to see more of us or hear more of our rants and raves and such, you can follow us on social media. You can follow me at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube and pretty much everywhere at the same handle, which is at Viva Foxy Foxy. That's V I V A F O X Y F O X X Y. And you can also do the same on all handles with Dan Law 83. And if you like this, like, subscribe, and definitely catch us the next time we are on.